In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the fourth Sunday of Ba'una in the Gospel that we read this morning. It's probably one of the most easily identifiable commandments in Christianity. It's a commandment that I think probably makes Christianity unique among all the faiths or the religions of the world. Most religions teach about being kind to people. Most teach about praising certain virtues like uh, being honest, being trustworthy, having compassion. I think it's only in Christianity where we're called to love our enemies. Only Christianity sort of compels us to go against our human nature of self-preservation and self-defense and instead to forgive and to bless and to pray for the people that are actively working against you. It's a difficult commandment to be sure, but it's one of the most important. And what I want to focus on or I want to think about for a couple minutes is, why does God command us to do this? Why would He ask us to love our enemies? What is so important about loving our enemies? And the reason He asks us this is because it is exactly what He did for us. We don't really think about it this way very often, but the human race essentially was or made themselves the enemy of God. It's not that God wanted us to be His enemies, but we made Him our enemy. We rejected Him, we ignored His commandments, we neglected to give Him the proper praise and honor that's due to Him. And when our Lord Jesus Christ saw this enmity between man and God, what did He do? He loved, right? He was incarnate, He became man, he lived a life that was perfect and well-pleasing to God. He gave his life for humans who ignored God, who hated God, who disobeyed God. In the epistle of St. John it says, We love because he first loved us. So he gave us the perfect example of love. That's why even though the commandment might seem sort of impossible, even though it seems like something that nobody can do, we press on and we try to fulfill it and we ask for help from God in order to fulfill it because we've seen it done before. Christ fulfilled this commandment. And if He fulfilled it, He will give each of us the grace to fulfill it as well if we struggle to obtain it. This commandment, like I said, is what differentiates the children of God from the children of the world. In the Old Testament, if you remember, what did the law call for? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That was justice. That was fairness. The idea being, you should not be vengeful. You should not take more than what is owed to you. But our Lord Jesus Christ is asking something radically different today. If someone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. If someone takes your cloak, give him your tunic too. If someone asks you to go walk with him one mile, Go with him too. Why? Because our Lord Jesus Christ did this before me. This commandment actually, even though it's a commandment about our relationship with other people, it has nothing to do with people. It has everything to do with our relationship with God. When we follow this command, what are we doing? We are uniting ourselves with Him. 
We are becoming like Him. He's the one who showed us this love before. What is the love of God? What does it mean that God loves you? He gave Himself. He sacrificed His life for you. That's why today's question that we should ask ourselves is not, do I love my enemies? But actually, do I love God the way that He loves me? Can I sacrifice of myself, my pride, my ego, my comfort for Him as He did for me? One of the most... Uh, one of the clearest parables that illustrates this point is the parable of the unforgiving servant. You remember the servant owed a huge, a huge amount of money to his master and he forgave him. And then after he escaped, he found a friend of his that owed him a small amount of money and demanded the, the payment for him. And then when the, when the master heard this, he had him sent to jail, he had him punished until he paid the last penny. And he tells him, he instructs him, he said, you should have forgiven in what way? As I for had forgiven you, I gave you the example of what to do. So the Lord is putting us sort of in an interesting situation. He's saying, I love you, I forgive, I've forgiven you, I've saved you, but on one condition, you need to do the same with your brethren. I won't forgive you if you can't forgive your brother. In the parable, he says to the servant, you wicked servant. Why is he wicked? Not because he asked his friend for the money he owes him. That's his right. But actually, because he was forgiven, he was now obligated to offer that same forgiveness to others. That's what we do, or that's what we say every day when we say the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I was in a meeting a few days ago and we were talking about Sometimes we pray words and we don't think about or meditate on really what am I saying. I'm asking God, I want you to forgive me the way I forgive everybody else. This prayer could be to my own condemnation if I'm not careful. right? If, I, if I'm not forgiving, God will say, okay, I will forgive you how you forgive everybody else. Zero. right? You're not forgiving. You, you, you hold grudges. You stay angry. Fine. I will forgive you in the same way. We're asking God this, we're asking Him. We say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if we don't forgive, we shouldn't be forgiven. You know, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is like, like a covering. You know in the Thanksgiving prayer that we pray every day, we, one of the things we do when we thank God, we thank God because He has covered us, helped us, guarded us. What does it mean that we're covered? How does God cover us? Cover us means he, he forgives us our sins. Covered, for example, in the blood of Christ. So instead of seeing our sins, imperfections, mistakes, God sees the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ for our sakes. Just like the Old Testament Passover, when the angel of death that was supposed to go and kill the firstborn of all the Egyptians saw the blood of the lamb on the doorposts, he couldn't go in. The place was covered. But when we don't forgive, it's as if Christ is saying, give me that coverage back. Give me that sacrifice that I made for you back. When we're not covered, we are, what is the opposite of covered? Exposed. 
Our sins are laid out bare in front of God for Him and for the world to see. In the parable again of the unforgiving servant, after the master finds out what the servant did to his friend, he had the servant, it said that he threw the servant into utter darkness and said he shouldn't be let go until he paid the last penny. It's a very serious parable and a very dangerous parable. It means if I do not forgive, I will not be forgiven and I will not be covered with the blood of Christ. So all my sins will be back to me for me to take care of, for me to sort out. And of course I can't. Even though the master had forgiven him his debt, when he found that the servant was unforgiving, he took his word back. Because he took his word back, he had to pay the last penny. And of course that will never happen. He can never afford to pay that last penny. And he will never be able to get out. That's the first part of today's gospel. How to love one another, or the, or the, the mandate for us to love uh, our enemies. The mandate for us to treat those who don't treat us well with love. And actually one of the things that he says uh, in the gospel that uh, is something that we need to keep in mind, he, he actually points out something very obvious. He's like, if I love the people who love me, why is that something that I should be proud of? Why is it something that I should be impressed with myself? That I'm nice to people who are nice to me. He says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And this is true. No matter what level of morality you have, when people are nice to you, you're nice back. So he's asking for something more than this. To love those who work against us. To love those who act against us. To pray for those who seek our evil. The second part of the gospel that he's talking about, that we read this morning, is actually very connected. He says, judge not so that we are not judged. As a matter of fact, our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that whatever judgment we judge others, the same will be used for us. When we are judging others, more often than not, it's a projection. The sin that I see in others, I'm able to see it so clearly because I am intimately familiar with this sin myself because I'm the one who commits it too. In another time when we're speaking about Judging, our Lord Jesus Christ cautions us to remove the plank of our own eyes before looking at the speck in the eyes of someone else. I need to be very careful when I'm seeing evil in others. Because if we're honest with ourselves, there is darkness also that is dwelling inside of us. This is what should be our focus. The darkness of our own heart, rather than the mistakes or the problems of others. And so the Gospel today, although it might seem to be giving us instructions about how to deal with each other, it's in fact all about our relationship with God. Do I love God and follow His commandments? Do I forgive so that I can be forgiven by the Lord? This is what our Lord Jesus Christ is reminding us to do today. Do we love the Lord as He loved us? If we really think about the commandments that we hear today, they're not as difficult as, as they might seem. When we compare eternal life and union with Christ forever to a moment of revenge or giving someone what they deserve, or whatever the case may be, there's no comparison. We are still in the Apostles' Fast, a time that calls us to witness to the entire world. Do you want to witness to the entire world? Keep the commandments of God. A couple days ago, we celebrated the Feast of St. Moses, the strong. How was he converted? He prayed that 
the true God would reveal Himself to him. And then when he met monks and saw the love that they had, not only for one another, but for the people who were trying to rob them, he was changed. St. Bechomius was a pagan. When he was on a boat and was served with love by Christians from Egypt, he was inspired and left the world to become a monk. He's the saint who founded the communal lifestyle in the monasteries. My point is that the message of love and the message of self-sacrifice is a very powerful message. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He said this Himself. He said, they, you will know, they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Look back in history. Our Lord Jesus Christ changed the course of history with His display of love. The martyrs were able to strengthen the church by their example of forgiving their enemies. Even modern day examples, people like Martin Luther King show us the power of peace and love in the face of threats, in the face of violence, in the face of persecution. This has, is what has the power to change lives. St. John in one of his epistles tells us that God is love. When we love unconditionally, we are revealing God to others. And so today we're reminded to love our enemies not for who they are or what they've done, but for who God is and what He has done for us. May God sow within us a love for our friends, for our families, for our enemies, to give us the strength to have the same love that God has for each and every one of us. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.